0: We live in a country, I think, where lots of basic choices are kind of attended to. Um, We don't have to choose in the morning to get out of bed and pick who's gonna go down for a four-kilometre walk to the local well to collect water so we can maybe make some food today. That's not a choice that most of us in this room have to make. Some people in the world do. So when I'm talking about choices here for us this morning, I guess I'm going to be talking a little bit of a, in generalizations in some respects, but praising God's a choice. Yeah. Yeah. We're breaking through with praises as a key. Yeah. Just a key thought. It's not a Bible verse, but expressing a Bible truth yeah. yeah. that the praise will push us through things that complaint won't. Yeah, come on. Complaints a closed door praise is an open door. Praise is a green light. Complaints are a red light. I don't know about you, but I get stuck at the traffic lights often. (laughs) The red light of not happy Jan flashes in my face. Oftentimes we've just been singing that we're breaking through with praises. The book of Psalms is filled with the contrast of praise and lament, how come my enemies are prospering? How come people who do bad things are wealthier than I am, getting on better than me, seem to have more joy in their life? David just puts it on the table, He's says, God, that doesn't seem right. On the other hand, he just says, but my God, you're worthy to be praised. So this morning as we come around this word, I just want to give you a little bit of instruction because we just want to break up today a little bit. It's kind of like a mad July, middle of school holidays moment. Those of you who are here week by week know we have at the end of our service an altar call time where people are invited to maybe come to Christ, come down the front for prayer, for whatever. I believe I've got a word this morning that God's laid in my heart that's quite challenging. It's life-changing, potentially. And rather than wait to the end for me to invite you to respond to that, are going to sit down in a moment, so I don't really I'm not going to be standing up the whole time. I'm going to invite you to feel free when the Holy Spirit nudges you to do something, and I'm confident the Holy Spirit is going to nudge you this morning because we're talking about the issue of forgiveness. If you're following the U Version Bible reading plan with us this month, I hope that it's stirring you up and uh, kind of making you feel a little bit uncomfortable because that's what the Word of God's supposed to do not a pat on the back book. It's not a well done, Bruce, book. It's a, come on, son, you can do this. So we're going to get into the issue of forgiveness. And I want to encourage you to step out in faith with God. If you feel him prompting you, if you feel emotional stuff bubbling up, Some of us are a little bit uncomfortable about being emotional in front of other people. This is family. This is brothers and sisters in Christ. The person alongside you has been washed clean by the blood of Jesus Christ, like you have if you're in Christ. So don't be embarrassed. Tears, emotions, God made us that way. I might even start crying during the message because it's deeply moved me music team's going to stay up here and just keep this kind of vibe going. And I'm going to pray, then you're going to sit down, and we're going to just get into this message. Heavenly Father, today, I pray that you would indeed visit upon us, that we'd find this unbelievable truth, this life-giving <coughs> deal that's in the kingdom, having a potency it's never had in each of our lives. To release us, Lord, into the future you have destined us for. So help us, Lord, to have our ears open, our hearts softened, our emotions willing to be poked around in by the loving hand of our Father in heaven. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. God bless you. you may be seated. Just tell your neighbour to sit down. Oh, this could be interesting. So I mentioned that the Bible reading plan this month has really been pushing buttons about forgiveness. And I found myself asking this question. How much of a priority is forgiveness for me? Given that our monthly sub-theme this month is shifting our priorities. I found myself just reflecting on, well, how much of a priority for me personally is the issue of forgiveness Matthew 5 43 to 48 just the scripture that was attached to day 11 of the Bible plan actually Jesus is teaching the Sermon on the Mount and he's dealing with a whole bunch of stuff that was in the law adultery, murder just to name a couple and he kind of addresses the issue of I want you to say this word after me, what? Say what. What? So what's wrong? Murder is wrong. That's a what. And he starts to take the conversation down to, for example, with murder. He he has this really extreme explanation that if you harbour hatred in your heart for another person, you're as out of line as the person who's just killed somebody. I mean, that's, that's pretty extreme, isn't it? And we can't even get caught up in the mechanics of that. And I don't believe for one moment that's what Jesus wants us to do. I want, in, I want us to have a think. And where this message is going to kind of land in a little bit is this. Forgiveness for me is generally speaking a what? So, John upsets me, does something that I don't like or approve of, my son-in-law, all the time. I was brought up to forgive. And so I could go to John and say, John, that circumstance, I was a little bit upset about it, but I realised that the only thing I can do, I, I don't expect you to do anything, but I, but I forgive you. That's kind of the what. That's the mechanics of expressing forgiveness to somebody. But if I walk away from that what, and I'm convinced for me, I don't know what it's like for you, but for me, I've definitely done lots of what kind of, what I've been doing is saying the words. But down the road a bit, six months later, I might be avoiding John in the issue that was at the heart of that that, that unforgiveness. I've actually just find it difficult to step toward him when that deal's back on the table, whatever it might be. And I realized that I've had a what moment back here. I actually did the conversation. We actually had the mechanics of forgiveness expressed. But over here, I've worked out that the emotional soul part of me is still not functioning properly and that's what Jesus is talking about when he compares a murderer to a hater the murderer's done the what the hater's just had the why and not acted on it but the why's the problem the hatred's the problem as much as the action's the problem And we get caught up in the actions all the time. So here's this bit. You've heard it said, love your neighbour and hate your enemy. That was the Old Testament. It's like, if they're on the wrong side of the fence, just cut them down. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Can you imagine what he was doing and what he was saying when these people, Jews, who are very black and white, are hearing this rabbi guy telling them, I've got a new deal for you. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you, that they may be children of your father in heaven. Hang on a minute. You mean not only do I have to forgive them, not only do I have to pray for them, not only do I have to love them, I've got to be happy to have a move in. It's like the person that's the next door neighbor from hell. You always see in current affair programs, they're you know throwing rocks at each other and going to court and litigation. Like imagine having the neighbour from hell and this scripture is saying love them pray for them and eventually invite them to move in because there's no deal I don't know about you but I'm feeling very, very, very uncomfortable about this line of thinking oh I could forgive them I could say oh, I'm not going to worry about that but I could stay next door to that neighbour for 20 years and never talk to them oh I forgave them they keep throwing rocks on my roof. They keep abusing my kids. But I'm forgiving them. But I have nothing to do with them. I think Jesus is saying, you don't get it, mate. I'm not saying we go out of our way to get ourselves into danger or, or anything ridiculous like that. But what, I'm emphasising a point here. And he goes on to say, He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good, sends the rain to the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than anybody else? Don't the pagans do that? So be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Oh, it's like, really? Anybody feeling a little inadequate, just give me a wave and make me, just encourage me. I'm not alone here this morning. Come on, looking around, I've got about about 10% of the church, the rest of you are still... Just sitting there in judgment or you're just sitting there waiting, where's this going? I know, a little, it's okay, this is going to get more uncomfortable. It's meant to. I reckon if we nail this issue, I reckon if we can take this to the place that God wants us to live in with it, we could change the world we live in. We can change our family, our extended family. We can change our workplace. We can change this church. We can change the communities of the Adelaide Hills. We can change the school that our kids go to. We can change the university that we're studying at. We can change the bus that we go to Adelaide in to go to work on a Monday morning, tomorrow morning. You can change the atmosphere of that bus if we live in this zone. I can change the atmosphere of my car driving to the city with Julie. One idiot pulls in front of me and I I can abuse them. Hang on a minute. Bruce, you're a pastor. I seriously get very tempted to give a few people the bird, but it's like, you don't do that. I'm thinking, I do that and they walk into my church the next week, it'll be a serious problem. It's like, see, I've got a what brewing in me that is being subdued by a more important why, but I've got to take the why to the next chapter, which is don't even get to the point of wanting to give them the thing-o. Why do I want to do that? This is Jesus' point. Don't be starting throwing stones at people who are acting out their anger. When you've got anger inside your heart, it's just yours has not been revealed yet. He came to sort out the inner problems so that the outer problems no longer manifest. That doesn't say that we don't uh, deal with inappropriate actions. So I'm not saying for one moment that we shouldn't deal with, with the law with people who seriously break it. Honestly, yes isn't that at all. That's just a side, that would be a rabbit warren kind of conversation for another day. Not going there. But I make a point in mentioning that because I want to ask you some questions. I'm much more likely to prioritise forgiveness when it involves someone I like. I'm much more likely to forgive somebody like Julie. I love my wife. I'm more likely to forgive her than that cranky person on the road. Right? It's just like, so all of a sudden, I'm realising that my forgiveness mechanism, deal, is connected to context and people. There's some people that I'll forgive and there are others that I won't for no other reason that I don't know them or I don't like them or I don't think I don't like them, and I think, where did I learn that? So a stranger on the road who trans- dares transgress my space, it's not a priority to forgive them, I normally you know, I have a few thoughts, or a colleague that I don't really see eye to eye with, a family member who's been difficult to live with or abusive. A person that we don't get the right vibe from. You know that, I don't know about you, but that sort of person, you just spend a few minutes with them and they've got this vibe and you kind of go, uh, yeah, okay. Anyone say, I, I do, do you do that? Or am I just a bit strange? Okay, some of you are in there, right? Someone at church we don't think likes us. Or someone at work. They've never told us they don't like us, but we just think they don't. And so we find it really funky to be really in the zone of forgiveness. What about when someone hurts somebody I care about? A parent who's got a child who's been abused or attacked or bullied at school. Like, where do we go with that? The problem with us claiming to be Christ followers is the Bible doesn't give us a whole lot of space to have any excuses for not forgiving people. That sucks. Because there are some people who just need a good delting. Right? Mm, Some of you know. Okay, well, just use that term figuratively then. Um, just some people need a a little bit of correction to their course I certainly do Colossians 3 13 to 14 says this bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone forgive as the Lord forgave you if any one of us has a grievance against somebody forgive them as the Lord forgave you I would have to say to you in all honesty I don't live in that verse like I should or I could I've harboured bitterness in my heart over the years I hate conflict so I avoid it I don't have some of those difficult conversations with people sometimes the difficult conversation is I'm sorry sorry I said what I said I'm sorry I misunderstood you I'm sorry I stuffed that up forgive as the Lord forgave you I want the freedom of Christ's forgiveness to make my life flourish anyone of us here who's in Christ I'm sure that's what you want and I sometimes wonder why my life in certain parts of it has been so mixed up I'm convinced part of it is that I haven't forgiven people I've done the what. I might have even had the conversation. I've said, sorry. We might even appear to have been reconciled. But way down the road, I've kind of ignored the fact that God's wanting me to deal with this in my heart, in my emotional world, in my feeling world. Now, I want to make it very clear. A what is oftentimes a moment in time The journey to the why being resolved could take you a long time. So if somebody has violated you seriously, I'm not suggesting for one moment that Christ's just expecting you to go, I forgive them, I'm sweet as, come and cleanse me, Lord Jesus. Some people might have that miracle of release from a difficult chapter of their life. But I'm also, on the other side of that, like lots of other things, the moment in time where the issues confronted The journey then begins to be Lord, week by week in church, week by week in connect group, day by day in personal devotions. Lord, soften my heart. I still feel really dirty about that deal. That person really did hurt me. And I'm glad that we're kind of, we've said things to make our peace, but I'm not at peace. I felt like the Holy Spirit said there's going to be people sitting in this meeting this morning who are not at peace. They've had the conversation, but they've done the what. But the why they've done it's not been settled yet. And as I'm speaking these sorts of words to you this morning, I really want, I don't want to necessarily at all know, we don't need to know the nitty gritty of what that was all about. But if you need to slip out of your seat and come and stand, this place down here is sacred. I tell you, miracles happen at the front of this church. If you need to come out of your seat, and just say, Lord, I've done the what, but I still know in here, I've got this big knot. Maybe no one else in the world even knows it's in there. You've worked out how to manage that sucker really well. But why don't you open that door to the Holy Spirit this morning? Let his love flood in there so that that knot's no longer there and the action of reconciliation has met its fulfillment in the moment of total release on the inside of you just saying if you want to come out anytime while i'm talking these guys are just continuing to create this beautiful atmosphere where the spirit of god's lingering let me go on matthew 6 14 and 15 if you forgive other people when they sin against you your heavenly father will forgive you but say but This is a difficult scripture. Some people want to have a little bit of an argument theologically. Well, this is before Jesus died, so it doesn't apply now. No, no, I think you're being a little pedantic. I think the heartbeat of God is forgiveness. If you don't forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Who thinks that's a pretty tough verse? I think that's a really brutal verse in the scripture. And it's not meant to destroy me. It's not meant to discourage me. It's meant to show me how high the bar is. Yeah, it's meant to show me how much God's forgiveness toward me is unfathomable. My response to that is, and it can't be, I'm not going to forgive. Yeah. I've got to go. I am going to be a forgiver. So we enjoy living in the freedom of God from God. So we can't withhold it from others. So I find that I can do that and I find that I can't do that find I stuff that up sometimes, as I've already shared. So here's some more questions. Where do we draw the line? I'm not going to answer these, but I want you to think about this. Where do you draw the line with a forgiveness issue? You know that um, we're surrounded by a system that categorises sin. Get caught breaking the speed limit under nine kilometres. Over the speed limit, it's X, fine... (laughs) 9 to 15 is something else, 15 to 25 it's this and 45 and above the speed it's like, impound the car, take your driver's licence for six months, you're in serious trouble. And we kind of get that. We have sentencing systems in our legal system according to the severity, whatever that is, of the crime. And so we categorise sin. We've learned in that system to ca- categorise forgiveness. We categorise it. We let little stuff go, but we hang on to big stuff. And little stuff for one person's, big stuff for somebody else. It's not like they're all the same. It's this incredibly complicated mat. Where did you learn to categorise offence? Was it in your family? Did your family have the motto of little white lies don't matter? That'll have had an impact on your willingness to forgive. Think about that. It's not about the lying; that's a problem in itself. But it's taught you to categorise offence, categorise risk, categorise lots of things, and so we learn to categorise forgiveness. How are we going out here? You're all going real quiet on me, as I expected you would. This issue, I can't stress strong enough how I felt when I was putting this message together. I thought this is a One of the key, if the word currency is not quite the right word, but the other thing, faith's kind of the currency that things are moved in heaven. But faith moves an important ingredient, and it's forgiveness. The cross is not about a whole lot else that moment in time than forgiveness. Our journey as Christ followers should be a. It should be a trail of destruction behind us. That's not bad. A trail of destruction in the evil world we live in of forgiveness. People will be able to look behind you and go, man, check out the damage he's done to evil. Check out what that person's done to the intent of the devil to smash that family up. Somebody got in that family and began to paint a pathway of forgiveness, wove it through the fabric of that family, and they're turning their life around. That marriage was cactus. Those guys fought like cats and dogs, but somebody somehow got through to them with the message of forgiveness And they didn't just have the motions of saying sorry after a really big fight, they actually said sorry in here and they found themselves being knitted together and their hearts afresh and their marriage was fixed. They were reconciled with their kids, they got their business back on track, they got their life sorted out, they got off of drugs, they got out of habits they shouldn't have had. Why? Because forgiveness has got power to move our lives. Come on. How did you come to calculate how long someone has to suffer from your unforgiveness? How long is long enough? If you got someone you've hung out to dry for 10 years, oh, I reckon I'm going to give them 20. I'm going to give them a hard time. Every time I speak, I'm just going to be a little bit snide. It's going to be a little bit kind of offish. Oh, you'll do it. Don't you be thinking, oh, I don't do that, Pastor. Just hang around me for a couple of years. I'll, I'll bring that out of you. Guaranteed to offend you. It's like, it's like oh. Okay, anyway. Um, What strategies do you use to milk guilt from other people? Oh, don't you like that one? If I can make Laurie feel guilty for how long? I'm talking about a scenario where she might be feeling really bad. She made a terrible mistake. And I just want to rub it in. She she, She needs to learn from that mistake. I'm going to rub it in. I just got to rub it in. Oh, how long shall I make it? Make her feel bad about oh, I don't know. is a week long enough? Oh, no, she was pretty out of line. I reckon six months. I'll give her six months and then I'll let it go. We are able to go there. We might have the conversation at the staff meeting tomorrow and say, it's all sweet, Laurie, but she knows when we're around each other at church, there's this wall. What is that? We've had a what? But not dealt with the why. We are not connecting God's word about forgiveness to the right part of our world when we only go through the motions. Even in this issue, God is never looking for us to conform or perform. So I can't say to Doug, you forgive such and such, mate, just do it. He might perform. He might do the thing. He might conform to my instruction as a pastor, but God's always looking for a transformed life. Yeah. Romans 12 verse 2. So forgiveness as a what is not complicated. Just do it. But we all know it is complicated. So it can't be just a what. It is complicated, right? Yeah. Some of you got it? It is complicated. Yeah. Doing it's not hard. Saying sorry is not necessarily difficult, even when you don't want to, you teach your kids to say sorry and you go, sorry you know, say sorry to your brother, sorry no, look at him in the eye, say sorry sorry take your arms down say sorry, sorry put a smile on sorry <laughs> meantime in here there's like this like <laughs> Let me out of here. I'm gonna go inside a tree. I'm gonna do something. I'm about to explode. Teaching them what? Hoping like heck they learn why. Yeah. Don't ever give up the what. I'm not saying don't do the action, but don't leave it there. So for me, the key is God. I need his help with this one. Oh Lord help me. And his presence to stir me in my feeling zone to choose to live in the land of forgiveness, not as an action only, but as a reality of who I am and why I am. I want people to know me at my funeral, to say that guy, they might say some nice things about me, I don't care what in some respects is said, I won't be there, but I'd love to think that somebody's gonna be able to say, he actually lived the life of forgiveness. He was a phenomenal forgiver. Could that be said about you? Stand to our feet. I want to encourage you with a promise from Scripture about this matter. It's taken out of context. So it's a little bit naughty on some respects. But I'm absolutely convinced the truth of God's Word sits in this issue. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Dealing with a heartfelt, transformed moment about forgiveness is not something that you're going to do up here. Up here's got to cooperate with this. But it's got to come out of a place where streams of living water flow. Out of our heart. When we invite Jesus into our life, we invite him into that part of our world. And he's in the business of transforming that. So I just want to invite you to close your eyes for a moment. I'm going to pray. And as I'm praying, if you need to move a hand and say, hey, Pastor Bruce, I'm joining you within this prayer. If you need to move out of your seat and move more than your hand, feel free to come and stand in the front. If describing that black knot Sitting In your heart of hearts, describe something that's in your world. For goodness sake, don't go home this morning with that thing still raging. Open the door to the Holy Spirit. So let me pray. Heavenly Father, today we stand in your presence, having just come around your word in the issue of forgiveness. (coughs) Pray, Lord, today that for every one of us assembled, we would find ourselves nudged along the road to have a heart transformed in the arena of forgiveness Lord that we just let go even now in this sacred moment we let go of offense, especially a fence where we've had the conversation to say sorry where we're actually still doing life with a person but in our heart of hearts it's not the same we're not the same we still haven't had that cleansing flow of your blood wash through that situation. And I pray, Lord, today that that flow would be magnificent. Lord, that it would be all-powerful, that it would transform every life. And Father, we would find in the days and weeks, months and years ahead, we become really good at this, that we forgive and we let stuff go. Holy Spirit, come.